Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want, where we talk about not only how to survive, but to thrive. I'm your host, Tim Howard, man school strategist, former Army officer, successful Homes for Heroes real estate agent. This show will focus on living a life of greatness, of wholeness, and completeness. This show will be talking about our dreams, our goals, and how to go about creating them. So join me to learn how to reflect and design the life you want to live. All right, this is Tim Howard, and I'd like to welcome to the Reflect the Life You Want podcast my guest today, Chris Montero of Perfect Touch Rentals and Events. So welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, thank you for the invite. Happy to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk about some of the things that you and I have talked a little bit about ahead of the show, but I've just kind of kind of watched you and just a little bit in the last couple of years, gotten to know you just through mainly through networking here locally in Wilmington, North Carolina, Port City Young Professionals. Um, but just kind of observe, you're really starting to build quite the business here locally. And I'm, I'm interested to get into how you're having some of that success and uh, what are some ideas maybe that you might share with other people maybe a little different than what other people might have thought of how to have success in business, but I'm looking forward to having those conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. I look forward to it as well. Yeah. Well, why don't, for the sake of our listeners getting to know you a little bit first, before we dig into some concepts around business or personal development, professional, is share a little bit of your personal story. How did you get to where you are right now in life, personally, professionally? All right, how much time do you have? <laughs> I'll make it short and sweet. Uh, born and raised in Caracas, Venezuela. Yeah. Now, that's not Minnesota. Some people say, oh, Minnesota. Yeah, I know Minnesota. No, Venezuela. Venezuela. Uh, 15 years of age, went home, saw a suitcase in my bed, and I said, Mom, whose suitcase is that? And she said, it's yours. You're moving to the United States to live with your father. Uh, I'm half Cuban. That's how my father comes into the picture. Yeah. He lived here his whole life and um, went through high school. I was a uh, average soccer player, had an incredible playoff season in my senior year, got a scholarship to play in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, showed up and uh, the rest was history. Fell in love with the city, with the port city. Obviously, it's not Miami. It's not a metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, started doing radio, believe it or not, bilingual radio. And I got scouted by UNCW to run a mentoring program at a cultural center. Did that for about eight years, did alumni relations for like four years throughout the way. I was always promoting events, always in the entertainment industry, always hiring these tent guys. And I would always pay the bill. And I'm like, they're making three times my salary in one day. (laughs) I think I'm in the wrong business. So I said, well, the heck with that. I'm going to open up my own tent company. I could do this by myself. Truth is, is that I couldn't. So I had to have a, a co-owner who is an expert tent builder, engineer. The guy could weld steel and aluminum and create wood, incredible structures. And uh, we hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilmington is blowing up. And it's a direct correlation to our company, an event rental company. Um, we put up massive tents in Live Nation or, you know, weddings in Airly Gardens. Or we mm-hmm. just do the good old tent tables, chairs, and linens and... Um, it's it's been an incredible journey so far. Yeah. Now, how long ago did you guys start the business? Um, I don't think we even in, hit the two year mark. We're close to it. Yeah. Um, I was ha- thinking it was fairly new. Yeah. 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 We're almost at two years, and um, uh, our, our banks wouldn't even let us borrow a penny. 
So mm. we did it all with uh, unconventional ways of funding our company. Yeah. And here we are with a warehouse, three box trucks, over half a million dollars in equipment, um, a, a portfolio of incredible clients and uh, six full-time staff, about eight part-time. And it's like sometimes surreal. You just look back and say, wow, we did all that. <laughs> and we haven't stopped to celebrate this success. I mean, we're just going. Well, Jenna Curry, the co-founder of Port City Young Professionals, and she's also a realtor partner here at Title Realty Partners with me. One time we were talking about, you know, who would be some really interesting people to have on the show. And she brought your name and he said, you know, he's really growing this business very quickly and having success. And I've kind of watched a little bit from a distance some of the stuff you're still involved with the university. I think you were MC of an event recently I saw. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Over DJ years. DJ Coco comes out every once in a while. I was a DJ <laughs> once. That's a lot of weird former titles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's um, it's cool to see you have success and to grow your business, but I imagine it's also personally rewarding and and gratifying to see yourself taking that risk and getting out there. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. It's a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I'm a firm believer that. Um, you kind of have to jump in sometimes with, with two feet. You know, you got to do your market analysis, you mm-hmm. have your research. Mm-hmm. You can't start a company that, you know, maybe the market's not there for it. Mm-hmm. However, um, if you have the right team behind you mm-hmm. and, and you have strategy and, and passion and drive, I mean, those, those are ingredients that, that could make it m- many things successful. Yeah. Well, you and I have some mutual connections in the Latin American business community. Um, uh, and I'm a, I'm a dancer in the Latin American community, so that's how some of those connections, but some of them are in real estate also. But um, there's really been an effort to, uh, with Wilmington Chamber of Commerce to promote Latin American business. So I'm wondering, how has that benefited you and your company at all, or you have a sense of that yet? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it's no... Um no secret, right? You talk about home ownership. Uh, Latinx community mm-hmm. is the fastest growing homeowners uh, mm-hmm. in the country. Yeah. Um, North Carolina is tops five in growth, and this new census coming through. I mean, it, the numbers are going to be astounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could go down the line in purchasing power and demographics, and 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 all and. We're, we continue to thrive, so it's a long way of saying yes. Mm-hmm. It has uh, positioned our company to be able to grasp not only the Anglo market, um, but the Spanish-speaking market. Mm-hmm. And folks like myself, um, I'm bilingual, however, my Spanish is much better looking than my English, as Mark <laughs> Anthony will say. And for me, I mean, if you give me a contract to buy a house, I'm going to say, Tim, can I... Can I See it in Spanish, right? Yeah. Like that's where I'm more comfortable yeah. uh, there. So it's not necessarily that I don't speak English. It's that it's uh, a unique and competitive advantage to be able to code switch between two worlds, whether it's through dancing yeah. or in business. But yeah. if you can do both, yeah. that's like speaking to half of the world in a way. Well, I don't speak Spanish. I have poquito uh, repertoire of my language, but I, I lead worship in Spanish when I go on mission trips like to Ecuador, Dominican Republic. But I was very strategic in getting a team member on our title realty partners. You uh, probably know pa- Paula Vargas, and she's originally from Colombia. Oh, yeah. But it was very strategic to have someone that was bilingual. So mm-hmm. in the situation such as you described, um, it's because... I don't, I don't have that 
understanding of the language, I can't bridge that gap. And then, but she's a very, very hardworking lady mm-hmm. and doing a great job for us. And we're, we're, we're fortunate that we have someone that can access that market that I wouldn't have been able to help and, and, and serve. It, and it's a very small community. Yeah. One of my cousins is married to her sister. Yeah. Her baby brother, I coached her baby brother in soccer when I was in a, in a coaching gig at mm-hmm. UNCW. So that's the thing about the Latinx community. It could be gigantic, but it mm-hmm. always feels small. Mm-hmm. We are a family-oriented, um, very much built on trust. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you know someone that knows someone, that extended other would now buy that home because this first connection Mm -hmm. got you that far. There's Mm. Not all communities are the same, but that's kind of uh, uh, the power, the cultural power that that you could unlock if you pay Mm -hmm. attention to those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you and I have got some other mutual But I'm just, um, I'm fascinated to hear more about what have you done as a business leader, as an entrepreneur, that may be a little different than how you thought it would have been when you first got started, that you've had such success so rapidly? Well, there's a long list, but the first that comes to mind is uh, don't quit your job until you know for sure that, you know, you, you're making more money on this side and be very cautious, you know, take the take. Well, we, we kind of didn't do that. We kind of really <laughs> believed that we had everything that we needed to win. Uh, however, we needed more time. Yeah. So we, you have to take the leap of faith. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you know, you have to do, um, you know, your your research in advance. And another thing that, that we did that's a little bit unconventional is that um, we used some equity lines. Uh, we kind of cashed out on some retirement funds. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, we had to use some personal vehicles as as uh, as, as tools to work and, and switch them from hybrid for, you know, cylinder cars to big trucks that could haul 23,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and the list goes on. Um, but, it, it, and I think, Part of what made us very successful very fast is that unlike when you work for someone else, you kind of have to work with the dynamics of your team mm-hmm. and sometimes hierarchies and and the way the organization functions, you don't control that well. Mm-hmm. When you're an entrepreneur, you get to pick your team. Yeah. And it all, if you're a good judge of talent mm-hmm. and you know someone when you kind of get a few minutes with them or better yet, you may have known them for a couple of decades. Mm-hmm. That's where you knock on the door and say, hey, how much are they paying you over there? <laughs> <laughs> what if, you know. Yeah, and, I've got and, an opportunity and, for you. There it is. And, yeah. and, we, and, we'll thri- and we'll thrive together, right? We're mm-hmm. going to grow together. The more money we make, the more money you make. And um, let, let's, let's think about this. And. And then it becomes a, a circle that's refined, that that fits your company culture, um, mm-hmm. that feels like it's a happy spot for folks. Mm-hmm. And now you're you're caring about your employees. You, you know, lunch breaks. You're taking them together instead of you know oh, I got to get out of this work environment. Yes, that may be stressful, but there's a higher sense of support mm-hmm. um, that we found that within our circle, mm-hmm. um, we. We have we have been able to be successful because of that. Yeah. Well, a couple of things I'm hearing kind of maybe in this, maybe just my perception, but an underlying theme is you bet it on yourself. 
you bet that you were going to be successful. So you made the investment, you took that leap of faith, and you got other people that you know that you have confidence in to come along with you and take that leap, so to speak, with you, that they have confidence in you. So that's cool to hear. It's a two-way street, right? Yeah. But yes, but yes it's mutual trust and... Um, Again, a lot of a lot of business coaches will tell you otherwise. Do not go in business with your best friend. Yeah. Do not include your wife or your spouse or your partner uh-huh. in your you know business structure. Yeah. Uh, well, we we have kind of done all that. <laughs> and, uh, it, and honestly, when banks wouldn't loan us a, a, a penny, you know, you 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 call your stepdad and mm-hmm. and here's a six thousand dollar check and I'll promise I'll pay you back. And we have and. I mean, these are sometimes people overlook their inner circle mm-hmm. and the power of their network. And there's a whole lot of community behind that that they really want to see you thrive. Yes. They want to say, can I be your first customer? Yeah. Can I be the first guy that has that tent in their backyard? Yeah. And all of a sudden you have a long list of folks that are lining up and they're a lot more patient when you're starting. You know, mm-hmm. you may drop a couple of chairs and you may not have your business process all together and your invoice may have a spelling error, but you're starting out, right? Mm-hmm. And they're a little more flexible. Yeah. And that's a thing to advantage. They want to see you win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've mentioned a couple of times now is a great segue into Reflect the Life You Want is the name of this podcast. It's the theme of a book project by uh, Maria Spears and I called The Mirror. And Reflect is actually an acrostic. And I asked you ahead of the show to take a look at those key chapters of uh, the Mirror Book Project. And you kind of honed in on that clarify your inner circle, the C chapter. So what is it? You've described a couple different scenarios now already where you've leveraged either friends or family. What have you learned as you're in the midst of starting this up business that either maybe you didn't know or affirm for you a belief that you already had? in leveraging that circle of friends and maybe business associates that you've known over the years or how, how have you capitalized on that inner circle? Yeah, I think intuitively um, through life, you, you, you have that inner circle that supports you more on a, an emotional basis or, Hey man, I had a really tough day, you know, and, you mm-hmm. know, we sit down and we get some coffee, but then you never really think about like, what if, that person that has been here along the way, mm-hmm. we get some coffee, but we start thinking about building this massive enterprise and we start dreaming big. Mm-hmm. And I start, you know, seeing what their skill sets are and what positions they could be in to make them most successful. Mm-hmm. Be- and when you start to parlay, not one, but two, but three, but four, and now you have a core team of six, which mm-hmm. is where we are, six full-time employees, and they all have very unique skill sets. Mm-hmm. I mean, from A-type, you know, warehouse organization, everything labeled, everything color-coded, <laughs> everything staged before the job. I mean, it's like madness, right? I mean, you do not get in the way of Pancho because Pancho will make sure that your jobs for the next two weeks are all organized. He's amazing, That's right? Awesome. And then you have, and I, and I could go down the list. So um, what's really interesting when you work with people that you love and who care about you as much as you care about them is that you all you, you recognize the power mm-hmm. that you have collectively 
Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, something that a lot of us oversee. I think uh, I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I think mm-hmm. like the system um, sometimes pushes us away from recognizing the people who are there with us in the trenches mm-hmm. because you have to wake up at eight o'clock and you have to clock in at nine and you got to, you know, walk your dog at five. And in the midst of all this, you you kind of lose out on your day mm-hmm. and how much you can make of your day if you pick your team. Right. Um, so... That's just, I think, the coolest benefit of, of launching, um, you know, a new mission organization um, company mm-hmm. is picking those that are by your side. Yeah. Because they've been there already in tough times, but, mm-hmm. you know, when things get a little bit better and money starts coming in and you start feeling like you're starting to make it, I mean, it just makes it that much more special. Mm-hmm. So you t- you've taken relationships you had before, and now you're pulling them into this business. I'm I'm guessing there's trust is a really important factor that you had in those people, and you're you're developing that further, and maybe it challenged at times yeah. in different business situations. What are some other things that you think are key underlying characteristics of that team of six that you have now? I think one of the biggest things that are often overlooked is is what are they not good at. Um, because I think oftentimes we, we, we're a little toxic with our optimism Mm -hmm. and oftentimes, you know, it's like, Hey, uh, let's, let's talk about our contingency plan. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the things that you really don't, you know, like to do and that you don't thrive in. And then when you have someone that you care about, that you have a longstanding relationship with, Mm -hmm. and it's like, Hey, Tim, I know I've known you for decades, but kind of how do I tell you that you do a really poor job of talking to customers on the phone, right? <laughs> like I don't know how to sugarcoat that other yeah. than to say, Tim, maybe you shouldn't be on the phone. Yeah. We need to reevaluate your job expectations and more, most importantly your role. Mm-hmm. Right? Like maybe you could support this company in a better way if I removed you from A and put you in B. Yeah. Um so those are sometimes if the you know an, another example of how you need to plan ahead to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way of finding the answer to that is, is in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the moment that you think you know it, you that that's when you're starting to recraft the wheel one more time. Mm-hmm. So you're learning to, to not only leverage the strengths of your team, but you're also realizing that maybe the things that they're not as strong at, either we change roles or we get someone else to support them in something that they're not as strong at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I think that's an important characteristic, a good leader, too, as, as you have to be, is to recognize and assess your people and understand what are people good at and what where do they need more of my support. Or maybe I, maybe there's a, a member of the team we don't yet have the competency that we need to have that we could go find that person. And it's tough because maybe there's someone that could do your job better. Mm. How does that feel, Mister Tim? <laughs> like, hey, you, I, <laughs> it's it's a reality of it all, right? And and as a as a as an organization, uh, you have to recognize that, hey, someone might come around the corner and do your job better. Well, I've always kind of had the belief that I want to surround myself with people that are better than me. So I may be um, fairly good at what I do, but. I guarantee you there's someone who has a greater skill or competency in just about everything that I do that I've surrounded myself with. And um, the ability to kind of check your ego and be humble mm-hmm. and recognize that 
this person on my team is much, much stronger than I am at this. So when, when we're working on that kind of an issue or problem or we're interfacing with a customer, whatever the thing is, I'm going to lean on that team member because they're better than I am. And that's good leadership, and that's part of evolution. And people are resistant to breaking that traditional mold. Mm-hmm. But in reality, when when something shifts and you have an opportunity to promote someone, shift roles around for a more efficient functioning of your company, mm-hmm. those are the conversations that leaders should be having mm-hmm. because it, it opens up a whole world of opportunity that mm-hmm. wouldn't be there um, in a traditional mm-hmm. standard company or, or organization just because you have these very specific titles, but mm-hmm. maybe it's a bottom-up approach, maybe it's more of a linear approach, maybe you're just training this person to take on this other position to move someone up to mm-hmm. start serving a completely different type of industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so with us, we're excited about scaling mm-hmm. in the event industry. I mean, yeah, people think tents, tables, and chairs. But aside from that, you know, you have lighting, you have staging, you have restroom trailers, you have dance floors, you have subflooring, you have heavy machinery um, that is involved in the bigger jobs with lighting, with um, structure tents. Um, and I mean, the list goes on. You, you, you could have a venue, you could have bartenders, you could have an ABC license, you could work with caterers, mm-hmm. linens, flatware, glassware, anything. I mean, it's it's a insane industry and how much you could scale it. And in order to do any of that well with event design, you have to be able to let go, to recognize that other people are probably way more talented than you are Mm -hmm. in this thing and say, hey, Mm -hmm. take over that side of our business. Right. And with proper training and a good team behind these individuals, Mm -hmm. you can scale your business. Yeah. What do you think as a leader now, you're a couple years into this, new venture, where have you grown the most and, or what are some challenges that you've encountered that you didn't anticipate before you, you were in the midst of it? Um, I would say grown the most, um, has, has probably been the ability to, um, not be a people pleaser. Um, that's a personal thing. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's something that is, it's very easy to fall into that trap and we could explore that later. Um, um, s- some of the challenges I think ha- have been for sure the biggest one, um, which is in line with, with saying no is taking on too much. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the money's phenomenal and, you know, someone calls you from the, uh, bourbon and barbecue festival and, you know, it's a three-day no sleep or, you know, Mel Gibson calls, not him, but his producer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, uh, we have this this film happening. Can can you help us? And and you say yes. And then, and then you ask the details. And then you realize that the job is the next day. Mm. And you realize that you're working 20 hours a day to put up 14 tents. Mm. Can it be done? Yes. We got it done. Was the money great? Absolutely. Uh... Was it painful? (laughs) You know, so those have been lessons that sometimes you have to think about saying no to have a a stronger infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's tools that automize, whether it's a pallet jack lifter that minimizes your lifting or just a website that enables you to have Mm -hmm. automatic routes and logistics behind it, Mm -hmm. which are current things that we have. When we started, Mm -hmm. we didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. So we were like working like, 
cavemen and cavewomen, <laughs> you know, trying to to run a company in a very archaic way that was not efficient and very physically taxing, right. mentally taxing. Yeah. So what I hear it within that is one is maybe understanding the scope of what you're saying yes to before you say yes, but also maybe limiting some of those opportunities so that maybe you're not overdoing it or overtaxing your team, um, but also increasing the capabilities that you have. So when you do have an opportunity that's presented to you, you're able to be more efficient in how you respond to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a conundrum. Uh, but you know, um, I think, uh, a foundation first is really critical Yeah, and scaling is, is key. Growth mm -hmm. and scale are two different things. Mm -hmm. So that I'll leave it at that. I think we live in a world with a lot of opportunities and there's mm -hmm. a lot of great ideas. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you remember anything from this pod, it's, if you have a good idea and you've done your market research and your market analysis, and you think you could have a paying customer, just do it. Mm -hmm. Have your first customer and go from there. But beware, because your product or service may be really, really nice. And there is a balance that you have to play to mm -hmm. have a stronger foundation to be able to take on more clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, People say, oh, that's a great problem to have. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not a good problem. It's a painful problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... Yeah, I, I can think of instances where I've I've been in that where you're you're the dilemma is do I do this or not? And what what's what are the pluses and the minuses, the benefits versus the costs associated with doing that. So well it's it's good to hear all these different things that I I see you and you're growing, you're learning and you're adapting, but uh, what's really exciting to me is you're, you're, you're thinking about the future and how do you take this to a whole different level? That's gotta be exciting. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We, um, we've made some cool investments and some I can't disclose, but let's just say um, we have some really big plans and part of our plans, another unconventional thing is that we have employees that, that, have, the, that, that have proved to us that they deserve to get paid more, mm -hmm. that they deserve to ascend with the company. Mm -hmm. And why in the world would I keep taking more revenue when I could have one of these people who have been there for us since mm -hmm. day one mm -hmm. and say, hey, how, how does it sound if you, want, if you obtained a stake mm -hmm. in the company, but not the tenting side, but let's say the restroom trailers, mm -hmm. right? It's 54000 to get you, get you a very fancy restroom trailer. Here's the thing. You're going to have to manage that thing, okay? Mm -hmm. We'll invest. You are going to make... Th these are the, the, the ways to think because now you're retaining your employee. You're giving him or them or her an opportunity to make more money. And now they own... They got a stake in... A stake in that company. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to worry about washing plates or ironing linens or, you know thinking about the restroom trailer because believe me, they're going to do an excellent job mm -hmm. because now that's a big bonus for them. Yeah. And there, there's sometimes people get greedy and they want it all for themselves, but then mm -hmm. you grow too many arms and legs and you can't manage five companies at the same time. So it sounds like you're using not necessarily financial equity, but giving responsibility to people that maybe they have equity in a process or a system or a piece of equipment where they're more invested in the success of your organization and how you serve your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a very creative way to look it's at empowerment. Things too. Yeah. yeah it's, that's that's a great word. 
I was just thinking about what is that empowerment? That's absolutely empowerment and ownership. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to help you grow faster as people have that. There's a lot of good people around us doing, you know, excellent work. And it takes someone like a leader that to say, Hey, what if you did this full time? What, how much money do you need to start that micro operation that you have? That's fantastic. By the way, Mm -hmm. make it a little more macro. Mm-hmm. What did that look like? Mm-hmm. Is it fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars to get you, you know, a press iron machine and an industrial washing machine mm-hmm. to go from a hundred linens a day to, you know, it, it it's a, you could scale something mm-hmm. and and make it a lot less labor intensive. And if the market is there, especially in the event industry for us, yeah, there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> well, if you think about, um, I'm going to shift gears on a little bit and get back more to the reflect the life you want idea is that you're going through all this. You've got a lot of change underway. It's probably a little stressful at times, uh, but exciting at the same time. I'm wondering what are you working on for yourself personally, Chris, to reflect more of the life you want as you're in the midst of this? Yeah, well, this one's... um. This one's a little uh, of a dilemma, um, and uh, for lack of a better term, let's just say it's um, it's not a popular one. But what I'm working on is um, trying to cut out um, people in my life who um, sometimes have a little bit too much of a toxic either vibe or just like to bring back just negative um, connotations to everything instead of seeing opportunity, kind of like the glass half empty kind of people. And that's tough. Yeah. It's tough when, you know, yeah, when it's a friend, sure. But when it's like, you know, someone in your family, Mm. you know, a brother, I love my brother. There's no no shots to my brother. Um, But, you know, a a, a paternal figure, right? Mm. A maternal figure. Mm. And that's a little bit of what I've gone through over the past couple of years and just kind of really trying to clean out um, you know, mentally, the things that are keeping me um, just just entertained in the wrong way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So um, that kind of ties back to that clarify your inner circle you were speaking to earlier, but it's like, who, who are you allowing to speak into your life? And is there someone maybe that you need to stop allowing them to speak into your life? And sometimes that can be hard, especially be- because of the relationship. They might still have significance in your life, but you're not allowing them to talk to you about your business. Very difficult to do, and it's in in, in your personal business, right? Mm-hmm. So what I found very productive is just setting parameters, right? Mm-hmm. Just being able to say, hey, you know, um, after this this time, this hour, um, you know, I, I don't want to receive any phone calls or, you know, moving forward when we talk about this topic, like, I'm the father of my kid. I get to decide, you know, what what happens from here. Mm-hmm. You had your chance, but this is where we draw the line. These are the yeah. things that you're just not going to do. Having to set some boundaries, maybe that Setting are different. Setting some some healthy boundaries, mm-hmm. and and it's tough, and it's mm-hmm. tough um, because you know it, sometimes um, uh, it's difficult if that's what has been accustomed to. You know, in terms of people get used to a particular. Um, way of acting and behaving and mm-hmm. when you have to set some healthy parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, 
I, I would recommend that to anyone. Just mm -hmm. think about the times in your day that um, either negative thoughts run through your mind or you have um, relationships or within your environment that you feel like they're holding you down. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's very painful to think that it could be a friend that you dearly love and or a mother that you adore. And, and it's like, wow, mm -hmm. you know, how do I cut them out? Mm. But if it's affecting you, should you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I've ha I've had to do some of that for myself as well in the last two three years. It's 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 not so much that um, you may not cut them out, but that the the time you spend with them or the types of situations or the kinds of conversations that you have is for your own self health and well being and mindset is like. I might need to limit some of that so that I can have the kind of success that I want to have and kind of lifestyle that I want to achieve. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. Well, cool. Well, so you've, you're working on, it sounds like setting boundaries that are healthier for you, for your mindset and your, your emotional well-being probably. Um, I'm wondering, you've learned a lot probably in the last couple of years and you've, had all these life experiences up to the point of becoming this entrepreneur and, and this new business. I'm wondering if you could like share one piece of wisdom, either with an earlier version of yourself or someone that you might encounter today or a new entrepreneur that may say, Hey, Chris, tell me about how can I go start a new business? What's like that one thing that you would encourage people to reflect more of the life they want? Um, Professional and personal. Professionally, anything that you do well, that you're passionate about, if you could monetize it, and sorry for being very capitalist, but if you could monetize that, mm -hmm. think about producing either a service or a product out of it and just start there and think about scaling it. Mm -hmm. That's really, a, a, you could start with, we started with very little. Mm -hmm. And we just started scaling and adding more tables and adding more chairs and a small tent and getting a bigger tent and then getting a box truck. But we were renting U-Hauls before and all of a sudden you start just putting the money back in. And it's a, it's a crazy <laughs> entrepreneurship cycle, but it can be done. Mm -hmm. On a personal side, um, there's a saying that I'll leave y'all with. Um, it's in Spanish. And it, it, it says something like, Dime con quien andas. Y te diré quién eres. And what that means is, tell me who you're with, and I'll tell you who you are. Mm. And that is really powerful mm -hmm. because oftentimes we surround ourselves with folks that either are cracking jokes that are inappropriate or maybe they misrepresent you. And you know they've been your friends for a long time or they're yeah. your family and you allow whatever to be said around that dinner table. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. There's other people watching. And if they don't know you, they one right away, they assume that those core values also reflect who you are. Yep. So tell me who you're with and I'll tell you who you are. Mm. Change that, that inner circle. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's been a consistent theme of our whole conversation today. It's around who who are who's that circle of people you're surrounding yourself with? What are you allowing to influence it? But I think, you know, from a, a positive mindset standpoint is like if I want to be better at something, it's like who is someone I can go make form a relationship with, a mentor uh, that could speak into my life or show me how to do something better than I know how to do myself. And I imagine as you're growing and you're scaling that you're going to take those opportunities to allow people to say, hey, 
Chris, let me pull you aside. Let me show you a little bit of how I might have considered this, or here's here's another connection. Let me introduce you to this person. They might be able to assist you in something like that. But So say that again in, in both Spanish <laughs> and then how you say it in English. I really like that concept. Dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. Tell me who, you are, who you're with and I'll tell you who you are. We all have the power to create a microcosm of the world that we want to see. Mm. So if you could choose your dream team, it's not if, but when you mm. get to choose your dream team, you just need a solid two or three. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And yeah, that's, that's your all-star team. That's your foundation. Well, that's a powerful concept. I think I'm going to leave it with that powerful concept because that's so cool. If um, people want to learn more about the business and the services that you have available at Perfect Touch Rental and Events, what's the best way to connect with your business? Well, thank you. Shameless plug, perfecttouchrental.com. Mm-hmm. That's our website. You could get a quote right there. Um, we're super busy. Uh, so uh, <laughs> make sure you book a couple of months in advance because we stay busy. Yeah. Uh, and then Instagram, Facebook, it's just Perfect Touch Rental. Uh, you'll see us there. We have, you know, the Google website. and and Or you could just give us a call. You could look us mm-hmm. up on Google. Um, we are the boutique of the rental industry. We mm-hmm. We do a lot of custom events. Um, we're super creative. We like to walk the space with the client and start talking about the what ifs, you know, mm-hmm. and it could get expensive. So beware. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's how you could find us. Yeah. And if people just want to connect with you directly, is that still the best way to go? Or Absolutely. So um, you, you could call us. You could call me at 910-550-2429. That's our business line. If you ask for Chris, um, they you... Might have to leave a message, but um, I promise I'll get back to you. Um, or you could just email me at chris at perfecttouchrental.com. Um, and um, it, yeah, I really appreciate the time and the space. And mm-hmm. thank you for the work that you do in putting your all-star team together yeah. in your pod. Well, it's um, for me, it's exciting to see you have success and to see, uh, and I always want to encourage other people that are doing well, uh, want to just give you the opportunity to to share what you're learning, but also just to affirm who you are, you know, and I, I see you as a, a positive force in the business community. Uh, I see in a very short period of time, you having success. And it's like, I don't know what it is about Chris, but I want to support <laughs> what he's doing and just cheering you on. So just keep going. And if there's any way I can be of help, love to know how to do so. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for coming in to being a guest of the Reflect the Life You Want podcast. I always say to my guests, just go out and live a life of greatness. That we will do. Thank you.